Welcome to the Globe Trotten ADs. This podcast is for you, athletic directors, activity coordinators, coaches, and program associates based in international schools around the world. The Globe Trotten ADs is proudly hosted by Nick DeForest from the American International School Vienna and Matt Fleming from the American International School of Budapest. Here they are now, Nick and Matt and the Globe Trotten ADs. That right there was the beautiful sound of educators talking it up in between sessions at an in-person conference. Hello, welcome to the Globetrot Nadies. This is Nick DeForest, once again, by myself, but I promise this will be the last episode without Matt Fleming. And for good reason, because we're going back to the Coaching for a Greater Purpose conference. If you listened last episode, I had some interviews that I did with people at the conference a few weeks ago now in Brussels. Well, we're going back there for a round table discussion that I facilitated on Sunday morning. There were about 20 people in the room, but you'll you'll distinguish about eight main voices that'll that'll come out throughout the the discussion here. It's a tad long, longer than our other ones, but but really great back and forth. It starts slow. Um, yes, the other room quiets down after a minute or two, so so bear with us. Uh, but some great back and forth. There were coaches and ads in the room. Uh, coaches and ads from the same school, and you'll hear that as they go back and forth. Uh, it's a great discussion. One I I like to have. I've had with a lot of people, and I don't think there's a right answer, uh, especially because of how different each school is around the world and how many different coaches we have and ADs we have and programs we have. But it comes down to how much is too much. And that's from an AD perspective. How much is too much for our coaches? There's so many great things out there. We want them to do so much. We want them to have extra practices. We want them to be available to the parents and to the kids and take this course and do this and do that, but the majority of our coaches work a full-time job, whether it's a teacher or wherever else they are, and they're only doing this after the fact. So uh, I'm always mindful of really not giving our coaches too much, but I know I do. I know I overload some of them, and some coaches suck everything in and want more and more and more, and and, uh, some coaches are, are just trying to keep their head above water. So it's a topic that I wanted to talk about. And I want to hear some coaches' perspectives about what they feel is too much and what they value as something they'll do extra, I would say. And it doesn't really answer the question, unfortunately, but it's a great back and forth. There's lots of topics that that rise to the surface uh, during this roundtable discussion. Uh, A lot of them focus on salary, compensation, but then also about appreciation and what coaches feel and what ADs can do to make the coaches feel a part of their team. So enough of an intro. 
Uh, I'll turn it over. You'll hear a, a little bit of an intro from me in the room talking to the group, and then the episode kicks off. I'll, uh, I'll come back in the middle with a bit of a break uh, before it's over, but enjoy, and uh, I hope you feel like you were sitting in the discussion in Brussels at the Coaching for a Greater Purpose conference. The roundtable itself uh, is called How Much is Too Much? And it's something as, a, as an AD that I uh, struggle with all the time when I get new ideas or go to a conference and wow, that's great, we could, we could implement that. And uh, oh man, my coaches really need to do this. This is, this is great. And then I get down to it and I talk to them like, wow, they're teaching every day. You guys, as coaches, are teaching every day. And yeah, they have time for that. How great is, is something? Is it worthwhile to add something more to the plate? So actually this topic is a bit of, of interest specifically to me because I think my coaches don't tell me the truth, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great idea? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And some of them do it right away and some of them take a while and they get it done. Um, so kind of, yeah, the idea was, you know, what are you guys doing? How, how much can you go and how important is coaching PD or the extra things that I think are being added on everybody's plate, especially in the last few years. Yeah, turn it over to anybody. Let's like kind of start the discussion on that of, of what you think what you think is too much or maybe what you're doing and is that enough for you? Uh, coming from a coach perspective, some people are just coaches or 80s, there's five, five 80s in here. I'll kick it off. Please. I'm gonna ask my two coaches here <laughs> if, if what I give you guys is too much. I don't know yet. Uh, because we, we've only had one, one year, one season together, and um, and that season was unique due to COVID. We were we were able to start the swim season again last year after a year of missing it, and so uh, for me personally, I wanted to make it work, kind of at any cost, you know, and so I was like willing to to get it done. Um, but now that we're swinging back towards a more normal um, schedule with the school and things like that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it would be like. But I mean, so far, it's fine. And I think you didn't ask anything new of us last year. I think it was great that you actually asked us to teach you what swimming was all about. It's been a while since we had a school program. Um, and it was, very, it was supportive. But going forward, uh, we'll see. It's, uh, uh, you know that starting next year, we're going to have middle school fully integrated into, into ICC. So I'm looking ahead to say that this season is already looking at as, as being more than last season. And then we're going to add middle school on top of that. Is that, is, is, is that going to be too much? Because then there's more travel, there's more... Right. Uh, more practices, more so, responsibility. Do you mind if I ask how long you've been at school? This will, this will be my 17th year. So you're 17. And he's, and he's a new AD. So, I know I just, I think a lot of times um, I, I empathize with you. I've, I've been in a situation where, and I, I'm, I'm only speaking from personal experience. I've been literally in pretty much every region. I've been 25 years overseas, 
I've been in Latin America, been in Asia for quite a, over a decade. Coming here in Europe was it's it's a different uh, different landscape. Um, there's people who stay at the schools a very long time, um, and you know I talk with the coaches how much. It's the first time I've ever experienced a coach say, "Well, I'm working one more week. I want to get paid more." I've never experienced that ever. This is how we you know this is how we've always done it. So. And I'm not saying anything on, on, on you at all. 17 years at a school, that's, that should be applauded that, you know, it's obviously dedicated a lot to the school. But for an athletic director um, coming to a European school, it, it, it is a different landscape. I really, uh, I've never experienced anything um, quite, quite like that, uh, like, like what it is. Leagues, uh, dealing with different a uh, ADs, again, that have been at schools for large amounts of time. So I don't mean to keep going off the path, but no, no, it's, interesting. it's interesting. It, it as, soon, as soon as you mentioned that, like I appreciate that you are, you are open for, um, for your coaches feedback, because at the end of the day, I think as athletic directors, if you think that you're the, you're the, the main wheel and you're not part of the spoke, uh, you know, I, I work for a Hall of Fame basketball coach and, uh, named Morgan Wooten, and I remember the first thing he would say to coaches before the week started. If you think you have, if the coach that comes up to me and says, this is how I do it, this is me, my team, whatever, he said, I just, I shut down because that's a, a guy or girl that doesn't think that they can progress. And, and I think you're very humble to do that. I think it's, it's, you want your program to be better. You want to be better. I was, as soon as you said that, I was like, no, the, much respect. No, huge respect. The reason I say that, it's, it's not humility. I have a head of school who's my boss. Yeah. And she doesn't look over my shoulder. She doesn't micromanage me. So if I'm the AD, obviously the coaches work for the program. And if you are an AD and you don't ask for feedback and allow them to succeed and make mistakes and correct them, it's uh it's, it's a problem i can't do it myself you know i i have to depend on and you and i had the discussion yesterday yeah I, I can't do it myself you know whether i'm new or whether i've been there for 20 years you know if, if you're going to run a program successfully it's we're all in it together and pushing it in the, in, the, in the same direction so i take the lead from my head of school who doesn't uh micromanage me you know she hired me and trusted me that I, I, I could build and run a program. And I, I have to hire the same coaches who I trust to build a program with my support. So that, that's my thinking. But just, it sort of sounds like you're in a position that you're not, you're not satisfied of coming in and saying, this is my way. You, you in saying this in front of all of us shows that you want to have a collaborative approach of what's best for the kids and coming in and thinking that you are the man or woman or whatever gender that you're the boss. I don't, I don't think that's a, a road for success. I think it's that you need to be humble. You need to put yourself up to coaches and say that not been in your role. I know, um, it's tough. Cause I don't know if you've ever had this anybody and I'm talking way too much, but, I hate when you say, when someone says to you, yeah, but I got kids, man. Well, I have a kid too. I have a kid too. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, you, coaches spend a lot of time away from their kids. Maybe spend more. 
um, but it's opening yourself up to, to, to people and, and trying to put yourself in their shoes, I think is an important way to show to people that I know what you, you do and I appreciate it. So I fully agree with that. Um, I work at a boarding school in Minato, Switzerland, Texas, and I became an AD four years ago, right before COVID, but until then, you know, I was just a regular PE, a math teacher, dorm parent, you know, helping out with the musical if we need to, and you know, all of us, at least in education, wore different hats. And when I took over as AD, the person was like, I've been in your shoes, I know exactly what it feels like. And at least in my perspective, being an AD, my objective is, as you guys coaches, I want you to focus on the practice, the games, the students. And if there's anything administrative that I could take away from you to make that easier, let me do it. You know, I'll figure, I'll try my best at least to figure it out, you know. You, I just need, you know, tell me what your roster is for that, you know, so I could sort that, those things for you. But being in their shoes, being able to connect to the coaches and just have conversations. And it's, you know, I get one meeting a year with coach, it's in three days. And other than that, I just need to, you know, hey, hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, Jason, how's it going? You know, like, you know, just have those casual conversations and, you know, bring a little bit of work in here, a little bit of work in there, but it doesn't feel overwhelming then. I, I think our roles as AADs is to support the coaches as much as possible, right? It's to, they, without them, the program doesn't exist. So what can we do to help them while we have an insane plate that we all know as well? So. That's a good point, taking something off. Yeah. Doing more, like you mentioned, you're 17 years, right? And how about having long time coaches that maybe don't want to change, but you have great ideas and you want to go in the same direction. So, taking things off, like you said, if it's administrative, would help. But what about some coaches or some other, right? You, you feel like you're doing too much, or I mean, it's kind of preaching to the choir. You all you coaches in the 80s came here to learn more, right? The week before school or the second, first week of school. Um, but is there an example of maybe? people that you know, maybe not yourself, that you think you've been asked too much to do in a two and a half month season, you know, after your day job? I would change it just slightly. So mm -hmm. I'm an AD and a coach, but uh, like uh, a lot of us, like 17 years of school or 20 years, I went 20 years in Europe, but like <clears throat> the school year hasn't changed. I think it's like 190 or whatever, 187 contact days, but how much more a teacher is asked to do is exponential. One to two mandatory meeting days after school, so one can you practice, things like that. Like our school will do accreditation this year. We all know what that is. That's another bunch of meetings to fill out the standard forms to make us look good to you say like how is that helping kids? You know what I mean? Like I, I, that's what I say in front of the staff every year. Like you're asked to do more and more every year. I just say to you, like you're the best people I can put in front of our kids. What can I do to get you to coach? But we all know that if we look at our own coaching staffs, I don't know exactly how many of my school, but like we have more outside coaches than inside coaches. And that was not the case at all 20 years ago. Because you have because teachers have more to do. And I don't and it's not more time in the school day with the kids, it's more time after school. So think what, how does that like what do what 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 can I don't know, we can't do anything about that, but I I would love to do something about it, but I think our faculty would second that. I think there's more meetings now than ever before, more yeah. stuff to do during the day, less yeah. planning time, less yeah. classroom time, less this, that, and the other, which then impacts on their decision, what am I going to do at four o'clock? 
coaching is the person who really yeah. 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 Like, but is it, but is it yeah. a, a periodical yeah. thing is it like a, an evaluation thing for the next phase or is it every year you would have to ask leadership yeah. but I think it's uh, I think it's you know putting one more thing on every time and IB meetings, playground meetings, like I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if I could just ask any everyone here, like are, at your school, are you like, when you sign your contract, are you under that you have to do something after school? Like the last school I was at, the International School of Beijing, if you were a PE teacher, you had to coach two sports. That's in your contract. Everyone in their contract had you had to do one co-curricular activity a year, and. Um, <laughs> My job, one of my jobs is in, in May, the, the, the deputy head would give me a sheet of paper with every single name. And they would say, you know, in 10 days, I need you to fill out and tell us who has done something. And I would take a pink highlight for any sports, a green highlight for like an elementary ASA, and then a, a, a pink one for a fine arts. And then I would give it to them. And those people that didn't, they would call the, their principal and say, look, Jim hasn't done anything in the last two years. We'd like to have a meeting with them. And they would say, you're under contract to do something after school. That's part of your contract, your commitment. Where the school I'm at right now, there's no, when we've said as a, a co-curricular program, we said like, we need your help. We need your help as just like you said, the meetings are, are getting more and, and people are like, no, I don't have the time to, to do an, an, an ASA. I don't have time to coach. I don't have to, time to do an activity and it makes it hard for us it makes us that's why you start to get more outside coaches because people are like oh man i'm overworked i don't want to i don't want to be there three times a week doing this not everyone obviously but what can we do to make it uh easier coaches what would lighten your load i just the constraint is time so you need to outsource time right if do I hear it correctly that the ADs, you have traveled to a uh, hard time to assist your coaches other than administrative things? Or I think it depends on the place, but I think the issue is that teachers and <coughs> coaches in general, if they're internal, don't want to give up extra time, and that's why they get away from coaching. And uh, for those of you that were at around table yesterday, I shared that, you know, I did a survey with my coaches and it was time. Number one thing is I need the time, but I can't give you time. So I tried to find a way with that and I'm like, hey, could we make a system where you get, for every year you coach that same sport, you get a hundred extra bucks as your stipend for coach. You know, and the school of future, I said, 30 years, cap it. That's three grand of 30 years of dedication. Yeah. That's nothing, come on. And they were like, yeah, that's right. Okay, let's incentivize it, you know, so. We just have to be creative. We can't substitute A with A. We need to find A C to substitute it or something like that. In my position, I'm a teacher and I'm coaching. And I think it's a lot of appreciation. And so it's not only the monetary appreciation. It's the appreciation after the season, the appreciation after your practice. I think we all want to have coaches who are passionate about it. Yeah, you can have a contract and you put them in, yeah, you have to do an after-school activity. Okay, I have 60 minutes of after-school activity. Check mark, it's done. But you want to have a coach who does the activity and tries to find maybe Saturday he comes in and let the kids shoot a little bit. 
Christ to have maybe against another school, uh, frankly, Christ to do a little bit more. We want to share the passion. I think it's really about the extrinsic and the intrinsic things. We had a lot of terminology over these last two days, but uh, I think the, the benefit of the intrinsic, everything grows healthy, and it's not only on, on papers. And uh, I think it's everything is about the appreciation, and this is actually, I think, also from the ABs, this is the magic. If you give somebody, I don't know, some money or more on a salary check, or you have all the time a good word and say thank you. I think this thank you is sometimes more work when you are working, and a lot of us know that. If you do in a, I don't know, 60 hour weeks, and you have a little bit more on your paycheck, mm -hmm. yeah, it's on, on the scale, mm -hmm. nice, but after 20 years, you don't care anymore. And it's then it's, it's the situation or the moment when the AD comes in and they say, we really appreciate you, we want you, thank you for your service. Can I ask, does your AD... Um, you know, he's always a real dick. I just was going to say, when he brought up the... When he brought up the and I guess this can go ahead, but sorry. Um, and you brought up a great... You, you brought up... No, honestly, you brought up a great point of um, the, like the appreciation part. What I'm sorry to, to put you under the, the fire goals, but like what appreciation other than thankful, uh, like thank you, could the AD do for you? Like, and I'll give you an example. Like at the end of every season, I take out all the coaches, pump them with food and beer. Like they, they go for like four hours every season. And um, I've done that every place I've been. Uh, I try to get as much... Um, Clothing, uh, golf shirts, dry fit shirts for them to work out with, hoodies, jackets. Uh, like, I try to do all that. Um, but what is it What it is as a coach that makes you feel like you're appreciated outside the thank you? So I'm running the basketball department as the department head. So I think it's really important to give the coaches a place of belonging, that they belong that you not micromanage, that you trust them. Mm -hmm. And when the coaches belong and they have a say in what we do, because they are with the kids all the time. Actually, you only the guy who's doing most of the administration. You don't know everyone really by name. You don't know what, how this, this kid had, what for school that he had. And you don't calling the parent and talking to the kids and this and this happened. You do an administration, you know a lot about all these things, but specifically about this team. So, uh, I think belonging that you you understand that this time is really uh, important for the entire program. Time, I think, is really important. Yes, stuff like that, events, social events. Thank you. I think sometimes it's the word thank you to go in there and have a chat and say thank you. Are you doing a great thing? What's what's good with that? Do you anyone else feel appreciated by your school? Are you ready? Uh, if you wanted to say something anyway. Yeah. You know, the going down the list and color coding every member of staff and putting them into, slotting them into, like, I wouldn't want people involved in my program that didn't want to be there, yeah. right? I think that's like I don't disagree a tragic either. way to, like, have to find people to do stuff. But the, like, from it, I'm not an AD, but, like, if I was an AD, I guess, it's really difficult for an AD to be an expert in every sport, right, in every and, and it's impossible right, for people to do that. So, like, if you think about your coaching team within a particular, so like soccer, within that coaching team, people are going to have different capacities, 
right, to do things. And probably amongst the whole team, you're probably gonna have you know some people who've got way higher capacity uh, than than others. And so, for example, like uh, our place, we we had a my coaching partner that's got incredible capacity, right, to uh, help the program. So we would run the varsity, but then he would go to the tryouts for like the middle school. He would uh, actually like sometimes we would take the G the JV team as well. Right, and coach them and and like all through the program and actually this guy like he's doing stuff in the elementary school he's doing stuff all all through the program um but this year he's not doing it and actually like the re and it's going to be a huge like miss to the program and it's partly because of this issue of like feeling valued really like just feeling valued and it's not about money it's about that that idea that he's doing all of this extra. He's got the capacity to do it, right? It's like pretty easy for him to do it, um, but it's like what's that that missing piece, right? Of making people feel valued. And if I was an AD, I would I would look for those people, and I'd be like, right, you're the head of football, right? Or you're the whatever it is that you, I'd go and ask them. Like once you identify that person, go go see them. What was it that I can do to make you feel more valued? <laughs> I think that's a Can you imagine if somebody said that to you? Imagine if an AD came to you and said that. I'd be like, I'll run through a brick wall. Mm. <laughs> but there's that not uh, this value that you're talking about, he has to compare to something to make him come. And I think due to COVID, most of the people have enjoyed the family time and prefer not to go to an extra time and stay with the family. And that's what you have to, to go over it. In my case, it was, I, I had no job. I found a new job and this is on top. So I took the opportunity to, just to get into socializing and meeting new people and working with kids. And that's for me is ideal. But people that are working in school, they want to have the, the, the time off from school and not to have more. So they probably have to enjoy that this time and do not want to probably optimize this with extra extra time from school or with kids. They probably do something else. So I think COVID is a big issue, what we have faced the last two or three years. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah just we've been having some uh, healthy discussions, I'd say, <laughs> over this weekend and you know, some arguments, we'll be honest, and, and, and bouncing different ideas backwards and forwards. One of the things, that I, two things I think from the conference is, I think we have to get much, much more student opinion to bring here, because I think this is all unidirectional. We're all talking as adults about what the kids want. And I, I don't think we have any data from kids or opinion. And the second thing, we have so many problems with what we're doing, it seems. Again, generally what we're doing is all great. We're providing a lot of support for people. We have so many problems that maybe for some schools, and it should be individual schools need to look at their individual programs, but maybe for some schools the whole model is broken mm. maybe it doesn't work but we keep and one of the great things i think we go to this conference if we all go away mm. and all of us do exactly the same thing i think we're going to fail mm -hmm. personally and, and we've been having a load of discussions about you know should we have seasons in three months or and we'd have to explain this one before people jump down my throat or year round but you do once a week football once a week swimming or once a week basketball but the huge fear is yeah, but we've got to prepare for that tournament. Mm. How, how are we going to do that? And, and we're, we're, we're worrying about coaches not being able to give up three times a week. 
I, I don't know. I just there's so many discussions going around that I think for some schools the model is broken. But I don't think we're gonna change it because but that's how it works. That's how we've got a tournament in November. The way, the way I see it, uh, you know, I, I just I what, I, what I wanted to add to that is first of all, we need to distinguish between coaches that are school staff mm-hmm. and your coaches who are not. So first of all, we need mm-hmm. to map that and to see what's the difference and you know the needs of that uh, the coaches from school and the coaches from the, I, I'm coach. I I used to coach, but I was not in school. Mm-hmm. I had another job, a day job, and then firstly, secondly. What I was thinking is, let's say the the system and the mechanism is not changed, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same. But remember the stickers that John O'Sullivan did on the wall? Mm-hmm. So 90% of them was on the left-hand side, on the soft skill. Mm-hmm. This is something that we want to implement with the kids, right? The athletes. So this is, I see it as a coach to the athlete. It's a, it's a, so it's a, there's a nature of relationship and there's also a nature of relationship between the AD and the coach. So, you know, in many industries, you take one thing that worked and you take it to the other industry. So here, if the soft skills is something that I think unanimously, this is another thing when we're talking about self-significance, talking about, you know, the whole theme of this uh, content. Mm-hmm. What can you, the ADs, do for your coaches that when they are, if I take the, those notes, that the technical ones are on court and the left-hand side notes are on court as well as off court, does it make sense what I'm saying? I'll continue. Mm-hmm. So, if you, ADs, take those uh, 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 attributes that, that you can do towards your coaches, that would be sustainable after the season. Meaning, how can you enrich your coaches in such a way and not extrinsic motivation? You were talking about intrinsic motivation. 100 euros per year, 2,000 euros per year, it's extrinsic motivation. We want to work from here. And I guess we're all here because of that. So to give something, to give some kind of of, of, of an added value to the coach that would go beyond the season. And this is, I think, where the focus should be. If I could add something, Nick, I think, what's your name? Which is, Neil, 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 I agree 100% with what Neil said. It's um, schools are very different, environments are very different in different countries, even though we can say, oh, it's Europe, but the reality that ADs face in different places is different. And maybe the model is broken. And I think, you know, from there, there's two problems that we're discussing mostly here retaining coaches and recruiting coaches. When you talk about recognition and people feeling valued, people feeling like they, they can collaborate with what's going on. I can tell you firsthand with, with Winnie I in Paris, I feel great as a coach to be able to give my opinion on decisions. For me, like I'm somebody who's always involved in what I do. I want to do the next year better than last. And if the AD comes to me and asks me a question, which direction should we go with this? I'm super happy. I feel like I'm part of it. That's enough for me. It's not, the money doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I just want to be part of something and be part of the decisions and 
and steering the boat somewhere together. I like and love to collaborate with people. So in the retaining piece, this is huge. Now in the recruiting piece, what Neil said is it's on point. There are schools, for example, we were having a discussion in, uh, with Nick, when Nick, Nick's presentation yesterday, talking about how many practices a week you allow a kid who does club. And, oh, I allow one out of three, two out of three. You see that people have different solutions according to their conditions. Nick said something about having about 400 to 500 kids. If he doesn't do that, if, he doesn't, if he's not flexible with that, he doesn't have a team. So maybe in, in, on the AV row, if you want to recruit better, maybe there, you should find different ways to recruit people. Three times a week is too much commitment. Why do I have to practice three times a week in the varsity team? Maybe I should try to two times a week. Maybe people will come if it's two times a week. Maybe I can have two coaches that will work together. One will be there one day, the other one will be two days. Ways to, 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 to mix it up and, and find a solution that works for you in your, in your own situation. You know, I had, a, I had many different, ex I come from a different perspective because I, I worked in Micro School Rio in South America many years as a teacher and they opened a new school and I had four years of experience as an AD there. And then when I came here, I'm back to the teacher coaching role. So I've seen both perspectives and I, I feel your challenge. Recruiting for me there was always the, the number one problem. Retaining not so much, but recruiting is always challenging. In Brazil, the problem was how can you find somebody qualified who speaks English and has two afternoons a week? This yeah. person has a really good job there. This person is not available. Yeah. And, and for what you can pay, yeah. they no, wouldn't come just yeah. for that kind of activity. So we, we struggled. So we decided to go on the road of, okay, let's recruit somebody who's not bilingual. Let's give them online courses in English so they can get the vocabulary terminology. Let's pair them with a teacher from the school. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe in two, three years, they're there. So they're excellent on the X's and O's. Yeah. And in two, three years, they'll get to the language. So that, was, that worked sometimes there. Yeah. You know, just stop being creative with, with what you have. Yeah. I think the money is part of the solution and also part of the problem. Because the, the, the money... Always the money. Yeah. The money is like, creates a transactional relationship for some coaches, right? It's the reason we do it. It's the wrong reason. Yeah, right? unfortunately, I'm yeah. sure we would all agree that it's the wrong reason to be coaching. But it, it creates this transactional nature, right? But also this idea of like, using the money to retain, not to recruit, but using it to retain. I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. So the people that you want to retain, like if you got this head of, this idea that I had before, right? Like a head of a program, mm -hmm. like they could do, actually they could then do the, the hiring right, for you. And they could do assessment of coaches as well, right? Because no AD is going to be able to go and look at everything and, and really give like an accurate picture of who's doing a good job and who's progressing and actually build like a coaches uh, like a way for coaches to actually improve as well that's kind of what I've started is you know like I, I've been heading up the volleyball program for a while so I kind of look at myself overseeing the whole thing even though I'm just a varsity coach yeah you know I still look at JV coaches and just say hey you know maybe this pair next year is gonna work even when I was just a coach and then I do the same with in soccer I've got Jack and boys soccer I've got you know Alex or whatever it is and then kind of have them so oversee them like this one's not coaching next year if you got someone in mind you know start talking it up and then see from there and use the money to incentivize people to get better yeah. right and to improve as coaches yeah. rather than just to find somebody willing
All right, let's take a quick break here. That was some great discussion back and forth. Uh, focuses on time, compensation, uh, alternate ways to do things, you know, not just putting band-aids on a broken system. Uh, but really good back and forth. Not done yet. We're going to hear from Kukri. And then when we come back, there'll be about 10 minutes left. And Jason talks a lot about a nice gesture that wasn't so well received. And then there's some great discussion that follows, a bit of a, a surprise for a lot of people in the room. Uh, but we'll, we'll leave that to you. And then, uh, and then we'll close it out in the room. And I'll come back to you next episode with Matt. Cookery are a global multi-sport clothing brand specializing in providing the world's most prestigious schools with bespoke made and designed team uniforms for students of all standards and abilities. If you are frustrated by inconsistent colors, branding, costs, and sizing across your school's uniforms, then it's time to discuss an offering where every sport is available from softball to soccer for male and female athletes at rates to suit your budget. To find out how Cookery could elevate the apparel of your student athletes to a professional level, email the team at contact at cookerysports.com. A dedicated sales manager will offer you a quote today. Mention this ad and receive a special offer on your coach or PE staff order. The first thing that he said is, I, I don't do it, I don't do it for the money, or I don't care for the money. And it's interesting. Um, we just, so we haven't had a, a pay increase in over 15 years. So we went to our CFO this, this past year and said like, how can we make, you know, how can we give the coaches, obviously we, in international school, you definitely don't coach for the money because you don't really make much, but we, we, we figured out a thing of just how long the seasons are. And so the average was about maybe 17 to 20 some percent raise, not a lot, but you know, it was, it was a nice gesture. So the first coaching meeting, I had just come back from being being sick with uh, with COVID, and I I wanted to say have the CFO just explain why we did it. Why what what are the to be fair to everyone, man? When that meeting was done, I had two long term coaches that were going around. They only gave us seventeen percent. Like this this is horrible and blaming me. I mean, I, I, all I did was was say, hey, we need to give them a raise, <laughs> and. They, they, it was to me. I felt it was like embarrassing. You know, it was, it was like they attacked me and they attacked the the CFO of of just trying to do something nice of exactly what you said. Hey, we understand that maybe you're not getting paid enough. Let's try to find a a, a system where we can give you like seventeen percent now, but maybe after two years, you know, as you guys all know in Europe, the inflation rate is has gone pretty crazy. In Poland, it's 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 been insane with gas, food, it's just a noticeable increase. And I empathize with people. I empathize with, you know, our, our school, I think has done a pretty good job listening to the, to the whole faculty in, in regards to, I don't know if you have housing allowance, but you know, how increasing housing allowance. So that's why we did it for the coaches, but it's crazy. As soon as we get them a raise, it's not enough. And it's interesting looking at what has happened with COVID the last few years. And you really see who the people are like you who couldn't care less that you get money, but you're out there with the kids during the most hardest times. And uh, I, I think when, when coaches miss that point, it's, it's sad to have them in your program. 
Well, I couldn't disagree more. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm fully aware that schools have budgets and have to be able to run the school and stay afloat and not close because of financial problems. And, um, you know, we talk about what we value. Um, different schools pay coaches different amounts of money, yeah. right? So um, I'm also on the, on the union at my school, so I'm a representative of uh, the, the employees to the administration as well. And so I get to see what budgets look like and talk about how money is allocated and, you know, on a monthly basis. And, you know, this is the intersection of a great many things. But money really is at the center of it in some ways because the schools have to deal with their budgets and we have to get paid, right? And we have to feel valued. Now, I don't know what other people get paid at other schools for coaching, but I feel my school paid very well. And I planned on coaching for many years. I bought a home, I have a budget, and I'd like to keep coaching. I'd like to keep continually getting that money, you know, because I budgeted for it. I don't want to be driven out by an excessive demand for work. Okay, I'll be honest, I've already, I've walked away from a leadership position as a teacher in my school because of this very issue. It's like that money is not worth it anymore because I'm overloaded and I'm burned out. So I'd hate to see schools turn around and say, and, and, and all, all coaches go, well, I'm not really in it for the money. Okay, that is true, I hope, in our hearts. But at the bottom line, at the end of the day is, if I'm not going to get paid, it's I'm not going to give it away for free. I have other things I could either make money at or fill up my time with. I have other passions. So I think we need to be careful to, to say to ourselves, you know, it's not about the money because it can be about the money. Yeah, but I talk, when I said it's not about the money, I talk from a very privileged position in our school. Right, exactly. Because in our school, doesn't matter what kind of activity you're doing in any kind of sector of the school, it has been the, the, the value of the, the hour has been agreed upon teachers and administration. So whatever extra activity they have a point system that, that is according to the number of hours that you're invested to that activity. Mm -hmm. So coaching demands X amount of hours, you're going to get X amount of points, that means X amount of money. So whoever does extra at ASP, if you're a teacher, yeah, if you're a teacher, you're getting, you're getting exactly the same, uh, the same amount of stipend for, for the hour. So that's not very common. So I talk from a privileged position to say, okay, it's not right. that I don't care about the money. It's just I don't, I'm not in 100% invested in what I do just because I want to earn a little more. But of course, the money is important for me. I'm not saying. Oh, at the end of the day, it can, it can be. I'm not saying it has to be, but yeah. it can be. Yeah. It can matter, and we shouldn't ignore that. Mm -hmm. You know, in France, there's there's labor laws. We have yeah. to follow. We have to follow rules. Yeah. You know, but what happens behind the scene is. Um, schools at the administrative level are, are making decisions and um, you know what a dream it would be if if ASP could hire more PE teachers and they only teach instead of five classes four classes and then their other 20% of their contract is they coach mm -hmm. right that's that 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 happens at other schools we don't do that because it's more money it's you you're hiring more teachers and payroll is the number one expense at any school like ours so and the british system is a little bit like that but what you get at the end of the day is a lot of unhappy coaches because they are overworked yeah and overwhelmed with you know yeah. feeling like they're not paid enough the north anglia british school anger. systems they don't pay their coaches anything yes because it's part of the contract. yeah we when, when i worked at isb beijing 
the, the, the North Anglia coaches, the street, the school was right across the street. The coaches there that coached all the time, you know, we'd see them a lot. When we'd have our coaches social, we'd say to the AD, stop on by with Joe, so-and-so, or whatever, and come have a few beers with us because, you know, they were doing it for nothing, and they were helping our program, and that we were able to play some games. They got paid zero, zero. And they had to coach. That was a crazy thing, is they had to coach. So get twos and have twos, right? <laughs> yeah, it was um, bad for them. I was just going to follow up on that again. If, 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 if they're, you know, burnt out and things and they're coaching for free, probably their model's wrong. They're probably, they're probably doing too much coaching in one week and not spreading out over a longer period of time. Again, it probably just comes down to, this is how it's all set up. We've got to, we've got to fit it in. We've got to do this. We've got to make it work rather than taking a step back and saying, there's got to be a different way. We don't need there's got to be a different way. Because... Yeah, if I could just, one, I, I wanted to say one more thing, but I forgot what I was going to say, but we, you talked about those, this, I don't want to say soft skills, but you know that other four-fifths of what coaches do, um, I feel a good AD does that for their coaches, like that, that those, those things are the things that us, we coaches value in our athletic directors, you know, and like Gustavo said, when, when we feel like our ideas are valued, our, our time is valued, and our commitment is valued, then we're going to have a good program, you know, whatever the model is, you know, whatever the model winds up being, I think. What is valued then? Can you make, can I you think define valued? Valued. Saying thank you. He mentioned it. I, I don't know what your name is. I mean, Rashid, Rashid, Rashid mentioned it. It's very simple. Being listened to. I mean, we talk about uh, listening to our athletes, you no know, student voice and all that stuff. As ADs, I take that philosophy as well with my coaches. And I think you mentioned being listened to and being appreciated and, and belonging. You know, I think those are the key words. Like so. I said, it's an intersection of, th of things. And I think each school probably has to define it and live with it, you know, in order, in order to get the best out of the program. And, the and, like, and like you said, you'll always have the people who have a transactional relationship yeah. with, oh, yeah. with that program. Mm -hmm. But you know who they are. You always have them. But you you know that there are some people that don't. There's some people that want to truly collaborate and move that program forward into a better place. And you know, if you allow these people space, you only you only build. Well, uh, I appreciate all you guys <laughs> for coming and being able to lead this uh, discussion. Uh, it was great back and forth. So thank you for for coming to this session Sunday morning, and uh, thank you for coming here. Until next week, this has been another episode of the Globe Trotten ADs.